fans, I think, can sense it right now. To go inbound to Weatherspoon with one. Weatherspoon puts up the three. It's no good! The Liberty Flames are still dancing. And the Flames to the biggest victory in school history. Georgia to inbound, gets it to AC. Deep three, pull up. Larry Blair, reverse layup, up and in, and he's fouled. Man, you talk about the degree of difficulty. With two, Georgie at the buzzer. Got it! He got it! Darius McGee, a game for the agent. And Liberty wins four games in the Big South Tournament to take home the 2013 crown. Look at Bio Baxter Merrill. 25 for Colin Porter. Holmes lead. Splash. Shiloh Robinson with the Well, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the A Sea of Red basketball podcast. Nick Kirby joined by my guy, Will Matthews, and John Manson. John is going to be uh, joining us a little bit more on uh, uh, the reg. Now the football season is over, and we're full steam ahead on basketball. And, uh, Will, we'll start off with this. It's been uh, some tough sledding. When when times are tough and you got to try to power through a show when – when you know the basketball hasn't been as great, what would you do to help you get through that a show like that? Well, I would see what Richie Longshots had in his cabinet. That's what I would do. No, uh, man, I you know I came prepared tonight, Nick. Um, I got some coffee here. This is not ironclad, and because I finished off my ironclad second bag this morning, so I got to put a new order in. Um, got a little bit of a. Uh, Folgers right now, but ironclad is, is what you need to power through the uh, early basketball season when things aren't going so hot. And will correct me if uh, if I'm wrong here. Uh, ironclad coffee is very easy uh, to order online. They have a very easy uh, ordering process. As I'm butchering everything here, uh, <laughs> ironcladcoffee.com. You can you can put in your orders uh, right online and get it shipped directly to your house. Mm-hmm. Very easy to navigate website, all of their different products just right there. You can choose whether you want it ground or you, or you want a whole bean and they get it out uh, very quickly. All right. So of course, visit uh, ironcladcoffee.com proud supporter of, <laughs> of uh, a sea of red and all of Liberty athletics as well. Uh, they do great work. So be sure to uh, check that out. And before we get into the basketball talk, uh, I know, I know, John Richie Longjust, they have been hyping this, but I can't say enough as someone who's kind of like an outsider that they kind of let me let me jump on these streams every once in a while. Uh, I can't tell you enough the the great work that everyone does at a Sea of Red. Help these guys out by subscribing on YouTube, and every time you see a video, like it. Uh, that kind of stuff it helps the algorithm, it helps it grow, um, and, and that'll help more people find Liberty content and consume it, uh, and, and and put some of that that good work that uh, uh, John and everyone puts into uh, uh, puts out there every day, uh, make it a little more meaningful. So subscribe, like, if you're listening to this in podcast form, 
leave a five-star review, all that kind of stuff. It really does help out as someone who uh, does this stuff for a living. So, all right, well, let's talk to Liberty, talk about some Liberty hoops. Uh, obviously, not the start to the season uh, that I think we were all hoping for, at least the start, sorry, the start to conference play that we were all hoping for. We'll run through the, the two games here. Uh, we'll start off with Western Kentucky. Liberty Falls 70-68, to 68, uh, a three in the corner by uh, uh, Brody Pay- Peebles. Pretty good look, doesn't fall, and uh, Liberty Falls in this one. Cleveland was outstanding, 23.7 rebounds, continues to just put up some amazing numbers. Rowe did score 15, struggled shooting the ball. Um, Liberty, just the turnovers killed them, 15 turnovers in the game, and Liberty shot a season-worst 22.9% from three. Eight for 35. John, we'll start with you. Quick thoughts on on just uh, on this, the, the first ever Conference USA game for Liberty. Yeah, I mean, I think the it all comes down to the shooting in this one. I mean, other than that, we, we played pretty solid. You know, Zach was very good. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be tough to win in Conference USA uh, when you go eight of 35 from three. Uh, as, as you know, this team, the way we're, we're, we're constructed. I mean, uh, we, we don't have a lot of size. We don't have a lot of length. We know that uh, we have a lot of shooters or, or, you know, supposedly we do. I mean, I believe we do, uh, but, but we have a lot of shooters and, and, you know, it, they've hit a cold patch and, and uh, you know, we could talk about that last play. I know there was some talk on social media about it, but uh, I like the play Zach made. I think he made the right play. Brody was wide open in the corner and uh, had a shot to, to, to win the game despite going, you know, 8 of 35 or 8 of 34 at that time from three. And and I think we'll live with that most nights. And just unfortunately, it, it rimmed out. And, and WKU is a, a good team. I mean, you know, we'll get into it some more, I, I know, tonight. But WKU, Jack State, and Louisiana Tech, first three games, they may be the three top teams, hopefully outside of Liberty, uh, in, in Conference USA. And so for it to come down to, to that final shot despite shooting 20 2.9% from three. Uh, I, th- I think that, that you know, actually bodes well for us moving as we get deeper into conference play. Well, what was your thoughts? I think you had a little bit of a different take on the, the end of the game. Um, well, yeah. I mean, just gut reaction at first. I was like, why are we shooting a three like Cleveland go up? Um, but as John mentioned, Brody was wide open. So I think you live with that. The Matheny one was a little bit confusing, uh, like just a terrible shot selection. But I guess when you've got like 0.3 seconds left, you just got to do what you can, you know. Uh, so no fault there. I mean, I'm not, you know, out there on the court. So, you know, what What am I going to say? So, but yeah, um, you know, John and I were talking before we went live about how just this was going to be a tough matchup from the get-go. Um, Western Kentucky is very good. And, you know, I think it speaks a lot to the team that, it was only a two point loss. I mean, I, I felt like there were times where that one could have gotten away from Liberty just because of the shooting and turnovers and things like that. So just very um, excited about the way they kept in it. And Zach Cleveland, it's just, um, he's making a name for himself right now. Um, he's kind of carrying the team a lot. And so it's just fun to watch his game progress. Yeah. Cleveland's been great. And I mean, definitely going to need him in, in, in conference USA play against uh uh, some really big teams in this league. Uh, yeah, I mean, this game overall, um, I, I think the fact that they only lost by two on the road, turning the ball over 15 times mm-hmm. and shooting, hopefully the worst they shoot all year. They, they really had no business even being in this game on the road. Um, I, I agree completely with the decision that Cleveland made. 
I think, uh, you know, if he goes up for a layup there, he probably gets fouled and he's not a really great free throw shooter and you needed both. You were down two points. So you got a chance to win, you know, you you live with that. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you, you're thankful that kind of game was in, uh, January and not, uh, the second week in March when it, it's do or die. Cause really that's the only thing at this point outside of maybe, falling to a 12 or 13 or 14 seed. If you win the tournament, really the only thing that matters is how you're playing then. Yeah. Um, now, also remember Liberty had no timeouts at that point. So it wasn't like they could call a timeout and draw a play up. I mean, it was just kind of, you had to run that out. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't get a better look than that. I mean, yeah. like that's, yeah, you, if you pray if, for a look like that, if you drew it up, it, it couldn't have gone any better. And and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I think it was the right play like we kind of all kind of talked about. But, you know, talking about the Matheny thing, I think, you know, the guy had just missed for WKU, just missed both of his free throws. So we were thinking when he was going to the line, if he makes them both, the game yeah. is over. Forget about it. But uh, he missed them both. And you were hoping for him to just to split the two. But so I'm thinking maybe Matheny in his split second reaction was thinking, we were probably down three and needed the three. Um, and I'm sure if, if he could have it over, he might have might have gone up. But at this and it looked like he had had an, you know, I don't know if I'd say open, but but it had a path to get a, a shot off at the basket. But again, sometimes camera angles are tricky. And maybe, you know, if you were there in person and looking at it from under the basket, maybe that that the big guy that was pretty close to him was closer than we realized. And and uh, but but you know, it was the Brody shot was the one that we had that, that after the the miss and you're just playing for the, the rebound. You know, you just hope to get lucky and get a putback like, you know, what was it? Rip Hamilton back in the day for UConn, you know, just kept throwing it up there and eventually it fell in. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Matheny just, you know, didn't know the score. I, I think, John, the way you laid it out, uh, you know, um, you know, pretty spot on and look, it happens, you know, these kind of games are, 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 I know as cliche as it is, they're good to play these kind of games. Now get you ready for these type of moments and the, the three games that are really going to matter here in uh, a couple months. So this game here, I can really shake off the next one's a little tougher to shake off <laughs> the, the, you know, a 10 point loss to, to Jacksonville state game. You're favored by 12 points. Um, I, this was just a, ugly basketball game where where liberty just looked like i know they technically shot worse from three against western kentucky but the offense just as a whole was just it was it was a brutal watch and i think john i'll start with you i think you you really have to give a lot of credit here to jacksonville state or jacks i know they want to be called jack state so i'll try to do that um uh but you have to give some credit to 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 ray harper and he's done this a couple times to Liberty where they, they, he might have something kind of has the number. Now we'll see what Richie can adjust. Remember they beat Liberty. And then the next time Liberty came back and beat him by like 40 points, John. Uh, but this is a team that I do not want to see in the conference USA tournament. Jack state is the first team to win twice as a, uh, as a visitor in Liberty arena. Now, I mean, I think Liberty, is whatever in six at Liberty Arena over the past four years. I think it's like forty-five and six, which is just insane to to say that out loud. But but uh, that that's what they are. And Jack State's got two of the wins, and of course they got the first ever win as as a visitor. You know, back in uh, a couple of years ago was that twenty twenty two? I guess two years ago, and uh, you know when they were new to the A Sun, but. But, you, you know, it's really remarkable the job Jack State has done. Again, it's still early in the season, uh, but they are 2-0, and 
They got two nice wins to start conference play. They got a got a big game this weekend uh, against WKU, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's remarkable the job and the turnaround they've done in such a short period. I mean, you, you mentioned the game last year. I mean, we just absolutely destroyed them in both games last year. Twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twice. And, you know, last year in uh, that early January – and I think, you know, not to rehash this, might have some some bad memories uh, for some people uh, or good, depending on how you look at it. I think it was that game that that uh, somebody, you know, maybe uh, yours truly tweeted out that this may be the best team in Liberty basketball history last year was during that Jack State game. Because, I mean, we were just we played really good. And Jack State, again, they're one of those teams when, you know, even last year when they get off the bus and you look at them and you look at Liberty, you're thinking, uh oh, this might be a rough night. But. Uh, you know, credit to Ray Harper and, and the job he's done and turning it around. And and uh, I know, uh, what is it, Kiki Tandy? I mean, you know, I know you're familiar with him, Nick, from, from Xavier. But that dude's a bucket. And, and Ben Zant did an amazing job on him last night. But uh, at the end of the day, and how it typically is for Coach McKay teams uh, since he's returned from uh, Charlottesville, uh, it's not the defensive end of the floor that's the problem. Is it's it's on offense, and that's what it was last night. It's what it's been the last two games, uh, and it just seems. I don't I don't know if it's a confidence thing. Maybe these guys are just in their head right now. Just you know, they're thinking they're going to miss before they even attempt the shot, and you obviously can't do that. You got to put it up, expecting to make it. And and uh, but again, we're zero and two. It's January what eleventh right now. I trust Coach McKay. I mean, this is the first time we started 0-2 in conference play uh, since his first year back at Liberty. So that's, you know, eight, nine years ago. Uh, I trust him to make the necessary adjustments uh, until proven otherwise. And and that's that's the way I choose to believe. And Now, that doesn't mean we're going to go and win 10 in a row because we're not playing the ace Sun anymore. This is Conference USA. You know, uh, we're underdogs Sunday, and, and rightfully so in my mind. I expect to lose that game. I hope I'm wrong, but I expect to lose that game. But, um, you know, I, I, I trust Coach McKay to, to figure things out. Yeah, I wrote down troubled but not terrified. Um, you know, concerned about, you know, just the lack of uh, shots that are going down. Um, <clears throat> but not terrified. I mean, this is not, you know, the week going into the Conference USA tournament or anything like that. So, um, Nick, this is not Wednesday night games are not good for pastors to be paying attention to the games. So, um, but I did have the I did have um, ESPN up on my uh, my little uh, podium and um, keeping up with the score. And I kept looking down and like, okay, Jacksonville State's not is scoring, but Liberty's not scoring. Like, and it seemed like every time I'd look down, like it was getting a little bit more like Liberty was on a cold stretch. And so I wasn't sure exactly what was going on, but I caught like the last four or five minutes and um, just, just even the last four or five minutes of the game, they did not look particularly great. So I'm going to uh, lean into you guys's um, expertise on this game here. I don't go back and rewatch it. That's electric. <laughs> That's electric though. So you're, I, I got to hear more about this. So you're, are, are you giving like a, a sermon? Is this a prayer meeting? How does the how does the Wednesday night service in North Carolina go? Because it's it's very different in different parts of the country. Yeah, yeah. So we we start off our Wednesday nights with prayer. So we we do prayer requests and and things like that. And so I've got like a little. I've just got like a music stand, like a podium. Make and, sure you uh, put Liberty Basketball on that one for next week. Yeah, that's right. And um, got the uh, I've got my phone 
just sitting there beside my notes and my list that I'm taking care of. And so, and then when we get into the Bible study, I, you know, it's very much discussion based. So while they're discussing, sometimes I'm taking a little uh, sneak peek at what the score is. Outstanding. I love it. Well, will you will be happy to know. Do not have another Wednesday night game the rest of the uh all right the, regu- the regular season. They're all but we got a Sunday game coming up, so pretty much all it's at three it's o'clock though. Three o'clock, isn't that prime time for, for pastors? Oh man, we got Deacons meeting, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's all in. He's all in. It's not us liberal churches up north. All right, uh, we move <laughs> on. Sorry. Um so yeah, I want to ask you guys this because I the one thing that is maybe not as discouraging for me is that it is the offense that's struggling right now and not the defense because I feel like the offense is a lot easier to fix because this clearly is like a team that's built to be great offensively like you you watch these guys they don't look like they're supposed to be great defensively so the fact that they're able to hold Jacksonville State and, and Kiki Tandy especially to only 14 points that part of it is encouraging. They hold Western Kentucky on the road to 70. Um, I think they were both games were both teams were below one point per possession, which is good. So I, I guess from that sense, it, it's it's not like last year where the end of the year they played that game at Kennesaw and they just couldn't get a stop. Like I, I do you guys feel like it's more correctable? Like the, the teams are just catching on to what Liberty was doing earlier in the year. I know Coach McKay talked about in the press conferences with teams switching everything. But I do feel like it's a lot more fixable. You'd like to think so, right? And 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 it's it's funny because early in the season, of course, we were playing really good. You know, coming out of that uh, Myrtle Beach tournament where we went three and zero against really good teams. I mean, those are teams that you know could we could be seeing playing on uh, in the NCAA tournament in our in our bracket when we're filling that out in March. And and uh, we looked really good on offense. I mean, very efficient. And uh, it, it what I was thinking back then was. You know, it is a much different team than last year, obviously. You know, Darius McGee's not here. We've talked about that a lot early in the year. But uh, I, I felt like there's so many guys that can get the job done, whether it's a, a Caden Matheny on one night or a Kyle Road or a Brody Peebles or or Zach Cleveland or, you know, you can just go on down the list. But like, you know, Colin Porter, I feel like you can name just about anybody on the roster and they have the potential to score, you know, 15 points, 20 points on a, a given night. So the fact that, they're all cold for at least two games in a row now. And you could really even throw in the Alabama game and call it three if you take out the boys uh, matchup. But it's really three games in a row that they're all cold. That's really surprising to me. And you, you got to think it can be correctable. Uh, one thing that we can't correct is our length, right? I mean, when Porter and, and uh, Matheny – get into the paint, go inside, they're going to be outsized. I mean, that's just the team we have. We're not changing that. Um, so Coach McKay and, and his staff has got to find ways. You, you know, and one one thing, I'll, I'll, I'll move on with this point, but Colin Porter is a guy that I don't want to say I'm disappointed in him. I think he was kind of being more of a facilitator to start the season. He's kind of went into that role. But and maybe he'll change his approach moving forward. But we might need him to be more aggressive on offense. We saw that some last year. Uh, what was it? The Eastern Kentucky semifinal game. He had twenty some points, and and I was like, man, this might be the passing of the torch or the beginning of the passing of the torch from Darius to Colin. Uh, but we haven't seen that type of Colin this year. He's been more of a facilitator, been you know less aggressive, not looking for shots. And 
maybe that's what he thought the team needed. Maybe that's what the coaching staff had instructed him to do. But I'm wondering if now maybe we need to say, Colin, we're struggling. We need you to go get us a bucket every now and then. Just need to to show Colin that three that he hit at the end of that the the championship game. Um, like that was one of the most cold blood shots that I've ever seen, especially from a freshman, a guy that's not a high volume shooter. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I do want to see more aggressiveness out of Porter because what we saw at the end of last year was was really really impressive, and I just think that helps every part of the 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 team. Um, I, I feel like Road is 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 trying to do a little bit too much, maybe at times right now. Um, maybe just more because of you know you have to get shots up, and and Road has missed a lot of good looks too that that you you have to live with. Um, but but I I do think some some more aggressiveness out of uh, uh, Porter would be would be good, and and I think would help the, the team a lot. And I think I'm with you, John. I think he's probably just trying to you know feel out this season. It's a new team, you know. He he wants to be that. At that facilitator, you know, point guards take a lot of pride in that. Um, but yeah, I think if you get more, all right, let's get to a couple questions here. We got some good stuff here in the chat. Appreciate it. This was not really a question, but I, I, I wanted to ask you, John, this because Tim, Tim puts lack of emotion on the court from the flames recently. And I, you know, I, I know this can be a really tired take from the, the dude in Ohio. Um, but, but watching on the broadcast last night, and I know it was an ugly, ugly basketball game. But man, there were it felt like there was no energy at all in that arena. And, and for Liberty's first home conference game, from my perspective, it, it did feel a little bit disappointing. Yeah, last night it was really weird. It was just you know we knew students weren't going to be there, so attendance was going to be down. The energy in the arena was going to be down, but it felt like that carried over to the team. And and I kind of agree with Tim a little bit here. I, I it was almost like they were playing in in mud or quicksand. Like you know they're a little slow going through the motions. It was like they just didn't have that spark. Even the bench seemed a little you know uh, I don't know if dead's the right word. It might be a little too strong, but just not engage like they typically are for for a conference game i mean especially when you're down you're zero and one in conference play you think they'd come out with that spark with that energy you know regardless of what the crowd was like and, and it just it was like you're just waiting for them to wake up as the game went on and it just never seemed to happen nobody was able to give them a spark on the court and uh it was just one of those nights it was really difficult to watch both teams neither team could score i mean i was look i looked up you know, we were like six or seven minutes into the game, and I'm like, man, Liberty's playing terrible. They had four turnovers in the first five possessions. Uh, but I look up five, six minutes into the game, and we're up by two. We're up by four. And I'm like, man, this game is right where we want it. If we we can start knocking down some shots and getting into a rhythm, getting into a flow, uh, we're going to get some separation with these guys. But it never happened. We went seven-plus minutes without a, out a point, and, and they went on a 12-0 run. And, you know, I think this team playing from behind, uh, it's not really how, how they're built, especially right now when we're struggling, trying to find ourselves again and get our legs back. And, you know, uh, it, it was an interesting night, uh, not one we're used to. We're not accustomed to that. We're not accustomed to losing two. Three. This, <laughs> I mean, this is only the third time in six seasons that we've lost back to back conference games. We only did it twice in uh, a sun play and they, they were both at North Florida trips, you know, two road games. So to, to do that and to have the second one be at home, we're not used to it. And uh, it's a little bit of a gut punch, a little bit of a reality check uh, for us as fans. And I'm sure for the team and the coaching staff, and I'm looking forward to see how they respond the rest of the way. Yeah. I, you know, but when you also, they have not looked the same 
since the FAU game, in my opinion, to to some of the games that they were playing earlier in the season. And I think that I mean when you are shooting so many threes and not making them, I you know there's probably not going to be a lot of emotion there, you know, because you're not seeing the ball go through the hoop. Um, so and then, you know I think there's a lot of little things too that if they cleaned up they put themselves in a much better position to win some of these close games. I mean you guys got we you guys got got guys dribbling the ball off of their knee, you know, and um, you know just not able to hold on to a rebound, not able to hold on to a, a, a loose ball at times, and some of those just little things that are you know some of these missed passes and and things like that that I think you just clean up. Um, you get yourself in a better position to win a close game as opposed to losing a close game yeah i i think the turnovers are more concerning than the, the shooting because i think yeah. the shooting your teams are just going to be up and down that's just the nature of of college basketball these guys aren't nba players they're not seth curry steph curry out there you know they're not automatic uh, and liberty's one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country but that's just you know unfortunately the nature of it although liberty is actually 179th right now in three-point percentage i'll take the over on that going up um <laughs> but but I, I do wonder if, you know, if a lot of it's just a kind of a confidence thing, because like you pointed yeah. out, Will, that FAU game, the next game they lost, the, the game after that they won, but it's against literally the worst team in college basketball. Yeah. And then they lost to Grand Canyon, but then they, they, they reeled off a really good game against Tennessee State, followed that up with a really impressive win at Utah Valley, maybe one of their most impressive wins of the year. And then Alabama just, you know, beat the crap out of them. And, and there was maybe some some carryover effect into that. But all right. One more question here from Zach. Uh, this is a really good one that I like. And then we're going to take a quick break and come back and kind of look at the schedule and what's coming up. But Zach says, feels like we need more production minutes from the bench, especially with a uh, little bunch of the season. left." This is a great observation here, here, Zach, because there there was a it, it did. John feel like the, the bench was a lot tightened. And I mean, I know when you're struggling you know, um, uh, you know, you're, 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 hey, we, every possession matters so much, but like Gabriel McKay only played five minutes, you know, Ben Sutherland played three peoples and Shiloh only played 14. It was really, you know, for the bulk of it, it was a six man rotation for the bulk of the game, uh, last night against Jacksonville state. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what Coach McKay does moving forward. He kind of hinted towards maybe wanting to look at the film and see if he needs to make some some adjustments. And I wonder if that has to do with the the rotation. Um, you know, early in the season it was Brody. We got Brody to come in. I mean, remember he was our leading scorer through the first you know couple weeks of the year. And and uh, you know you didn't know if that was going to keep up or not. But um, you know he, he's not been able to find that that spark. And uh, you need to find something. And I don't know if if a Ben Sutherland needs to get more minutes to let's see what he can do. He was injured early in the year and, and, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that he was because me, if you got a chance to, to have him play more extended minutes against a, a Tennessee state or Mississippi Valley or somebody like that, you can get a better look at him, see what, what he can uh, provide and rather than have to do it in, in conference play. But uh, I'd be interested to see if that happens. I'm also another thing, which again, I hope nobody takes this as a, as a slight towards him, but like Zach Cleveland, I think he's, the, has the potential to be our best player. He may be our best player right now. Um, and we've started running the offense through him a lot of times. Like if you can look back to that WKU, the final shot, Porter got the ball. And before he even got, you know, to the three-point line on the other side of midcourt, he was looking for Zach and threw it to Zach <clears> and let Zach bring the ball up the court, which is interesting to me, um, especially in, in, in the last second uh, play like that. But I wonder if, again, Zach's had some issues with some turnovers. I wonder if, 
you know, maybe we need to reel that in a little bit. Maybe he doesn't need to – we don't need to run the offense through him as much. I don't know what his, his – uh, his, you know, uh, what, what's, the, what's the number looking for? Turnover Nick? rate. Yeah, his turnover rate is, is um, you know, a little bit higher than, than we want it to be. And, and also his usage rate is the other one I was looking for is uh, maybe if we can reel that in a little bit and um, maybe the team can be better. Maybe use some of that through Kyle. I mean, we used to see Kyle Rode you know, kind of be that point forward for this team on occasion. We haven't seen that as much. And, again, not to be negative towards any player, but I don't know if we want Kyle Rowe to shoot 17 shots a night. You know, I think we'd be better with him shooting 12 uh, and, and spreading around a little bit. Again, I think he's doing what he thinks is, is best for the team. Um, but I'm, I'm just trying to find some, some ways that we can make a few adjustments to to see some improvement moving forward because I don't know if Kyle's necessarily a volume shooter. I do think he should be our leading scorer, you know, by the end of the season. But those are just a couple of things, you know, again, uh, go back to the bench. Maybe Zach Cleveland should, or uh, Ben Sutherland should get some extended look. And let's just see what he's got. You know, I don't, I don't know. We're not there in practice, so it's hard to say. But yeah. uh, those are a couple of things. Yeah, Cleveland's uh, turnover rate is uh, uh, 20%. Uh, Darius McGee last year, who felt like he turned the ball over quite a bit, was at 10%. So Cleveland's pretty high up there. Um, Everything else about his game is incredible. Um, Right now, Ken Palm does a a player of the year in the conference and has him fifth. Still has road third, even with his struggles of late. Uh, And and we got... Tandy's number one. Yeah, didn't mean to cut you off there, Nick. But um, we got to remember with Zach, I mean, he's a true sophomore, and he missed a lot of the year last yeah. year. So, I mean, he's still a very young guy. And, uh, again, I think the ceiling is extremely high for him. Yeah. Um, but is is he ready to be, you know, have his usage rate so high? Yeah, maybe he just needs more of the the, the Mayo point center and not the, the full-on – 100 uh, percent uh point guard role all right well let's have a quick word from uh one of our sponsors jason porter real estate we're going to come back we're going to look at the upcoming schedule for liberty and really take kind of a deep dive into a really big game on sunday for the flame well hey everybody my name is jason porter i'm with legacy real team development and it's been a, a great partnership here with sea of red lately uh, i was with liberty athletics as the associate athletic director for sports medicine so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at liberty um, in the athletic department of course for about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with legacy realty and development and uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my liberty university uh, family and the athletics family as well been enjoying serving them uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So. It's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. 
The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well. Because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be a uh, service to you and yours. Thanks so much. All right, shout out to our guy, Jason Porter. Thank you for uh, your support of a sea of red. All right, let's take a look at the upcoming schedule. We're going to go a little bit more into a uh, deep dive into Louisiana Tech here in a second. But just kind of looking through the rest of the conference. Uh, obviously, John, you already said you don't expect to win on, on Sunday. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So you could be staring at 0-3, at, at and, you know, it's definitely the possible plausible um, thankfully I do think it, it, it does lighten up at least a little bit over that next two. Um, FIU is one of the weaker teams and you are at home. So you do feel pretty good about that one. Sam Houston State, I know it says 83%, but they've been playing really, really well. Still, you do have two games at home at least. Uh, but man, John, there's just, there's just not a lot of easy games in this conference. No, it's really not. And uh, home teams are six and one so far wow. in CUSA play. And of course, we know where that one came from. But uh, it, a lot of these teams are very, they're, they're even. You know, I, I really think that, you know, you look at a Liberty, a Western Kentucky, a Louisiana Tech, maybe even a Jacksonville State, a Sam Houston. I think these teams are very close, you know, and, and home court's going to be very pivotal pivotal uh in these games you got to take care you got to defend your home court and uh you know liberty's unfortunate you know was not able to do that last night uh i just see if it just went final fiu uh knocked off new mexico state by 10 tonight all games have been decided by 10 points or fewer so far wow. in conference play too so uh you gotta win at home and you gotta you gotta take care of business at home and try to steal a few on the road but uh, it's a good uh, league. Again, it's not going to be a multi-bid league this year. Maybe it will be uh, moving forward uh, sometimes, but uh, it's very competitive. And uh, you look up and down the, this this group of nine teams in the league, I could make a case for at least five of them winning, cutting down the, the nets uh, in, in March. I mean, I really could. And it's just that's just how it's going to be. That, that tournament is going to be so much fun. Uh, but, but, but it's tough. It's tough to win. Uh, you, you got to bring it every night and, and, uh, shooting less than, you know, 30% for Liberty from three is, is, uh, make, makes it a dis difficult recipe to, uh, to pick, pull out a victory. Yeah. I mean, Liberty is still number one in Ken Palm. They're number two in net Louisiana Tech's actually just about to tip. Uh, uh they play nine o'clock on CBS. I love that CBS sports network. I love that so many of these games are on national TV. That's just, that it's really cool. Like it feels like every other night there's there's a conference USA game on national TV. But yeah, I'm with you. I could see Louisiana Tech. I could see Liberty. I could see Western Kentucky. I could see Jacksonville State. I could see Sam Houston State. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the rest of them. I know Middle Tennessee was predicted. Uh, I'm fascinated to see them tonight. They're 
Louisiana Tech's up 5-3, 18-28 left in the first half, just got underway. So, But that's kind of a, a huge game for both of those teams because they both started 0-1. It's, it would be pretty wild if Liberty and Middleton, either one of them, Liberty and Middle Tennessee starts 0-2. They were the two teams predicted. And then Liberty and Louisiana Tech were kind of the two teams that were re-predicted once the season kind of got going and Middle Tennessee looked you know, really bad early in the season. Yeah, don't you think Middle Tennessee State is maybe in a little bit of the same kind of mindset a little bit? Like, hey, you know, we maybe should be playing a little bit better than we actually are. Now, now I haven't followed it a, a ton. I'm getting into it better now. Is Middle Tennessee, are, do they, are they not fighting through a few injuries? And, and you know, what's the status of some of those guys? Are they going to come back and, and uh, maybe string together some wins and be one of those teams that, that could potentially uh, win, the, win the tournament? I don't know. I know they had some injuries. Um, their their best player, um, I'm not even going to try to say his name. I think he's an Iowa transfer, Josh um, um, Ugin Dilly. He's only played in eight games. Um, it, it's so hard at this level of college basketball to get like updates on injuries. Sure. Um, I know when I'm trying to do like the previews for these games and I'm trying to find, is this guy available or not? It's like, it's it's almost Im- impossible. You you mean all these schools don't have a CRA covering their teams like like they, uh, Liberty does? <laughs> they they do not. They do not. And you know how hard it is even to get information on on Liberty's injuries, right? I mean, and 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 you know you you're covering the team every single day. Um, but yeah, Middle Tennessee, man, they have they have lost four straight uh, D one games. Um, they've lost, and they're just yeah, they're they've been they've been a mess, and they they've they've lost a lot of games, John. And they haven't even looked competitive in these games. I mean, to um, like like they lost to to Murray State, who's not that great this year. They lost to them by by twenty one points in the, you know, their last game. So, uh, but again, you know, the the wild thing about when you play in a league like this is every single team gets a completely new life um, in March, and it's on a neutral floor. So there's really, I know we talked earlier about how if you're the top two teams, you do get that extra day off between the quarterfinals and the semifinals. I honestly am not completely sold that that's a good thing. I could see that being a bad thing, you know, where, where teams get hot or whatever. Um, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, there's, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say that they've had some injuries. I'm just looking at their like season stats. And there are some guys that have played considerably less games than other guys. And some of those guys have played significant minutes for the amount of games that they played. So I'm going to go on a limb and say they, they've got some injuries. Yeah, I think they're definitely much better than than their three ten net ranking we're seeing here. And and yeah. uh, Nick McDevitt, we know him from his uh, UNC Asheville game, Asheville days. He's a he's a good coach, and uh, I expected them to be at the top of the the league with us this year. So I, I think it just speaks to to the uh, the depth of this league. And and we haven't even mentioned UTEP and New Mexico State. Those are teams, you know, we're gonna have to make the trip out there. Like that's not gonna be a fun trip. It's gonna be you know and. The other thing is, <clears throat> Coach McKay talked about it after the WKU game. It's not like you're playing at a Stetson where there's 600 fans in attendance. I mean, you know, these are uh, legit arenas that are going to have you know two, three, four thousand fans there every night, and and especially with somebody with like Liberty with their you know uh, recent success and preseason favorite, you know, they're going to all be you know geared up for that game and trying to pack out their arenas to, to beat the Flames and stuff. So uh, it's going to be tough to tough to win on the road. 
Yeah, you largely think of like those North Florida teams and some of those schools like that as commuter schools, but these are, you know, like legit fan bases that are going to be there and they're going to be loud and, um, you know, it's going to be a test for sure every every night on the road. I think FIU is the only one that gets like really no support. I think everyone else has a pretty. Has anybody ever met an FIU fan? I, I never have. No, I haven't. <laughs> I have not, but uh, all right, we got one more quick break. That's just a 30, 30 second break experience Leesburg. Then we're going to come back and we're going to preview uh, the big matchup on, on Sunday against Louisiana tech. It's real Florida. It's old Florida. And it's close to all of the central Florida attractions, crystal clear, natural Springs and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown main street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. All right, thanks as always to our partners at Experience Leesburg. All right, Louisiana Tech. This is a fun matchup. Uh, thought this matchup was going to be two teams, probably 2-0. Oh. You know, a lot of energy in this game. We'll see how Louisiana Tech shakes out tonight. But uh, almost like it's not a must-win game. I mean, Liberty could lose the next five games, and really doesn't matter if you play well in March. I mean, I know I keep saying that, but that's the, the reality of, of it. But... Uh, Louisiana Tech, they got head coach uh, Talvin Hester in his second year. is previously a Texas Tech assistant. Probably why they got this. Bacho guy I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, Louisiana Tech, they, they've had a lot of success lately, uh, but haven't been able to, to get through to the uh, to the tournament. Finish inside the, the Ken Palm top 175 in 11 straight seasons. They haven't had one year where they were a bad team. Um, finished 71 in 2020, 82nd in 2021. They lost the, the CUSA championship to UAB and that Jelly Walker fella in 2022. Uh, they finished number 37, actually, in 2014. Uh, they had uh, Georgia and former Florida head coach Mike White was there. Um, but they have not made the tournament since 1991. So, you know, a hungry team. Um, they're a little lower in the attendance, at least in, in terms of the average compared to CUSA last year. And just see how those numbers shake out as they lost a lot of teams last year. But they are 8-0 at home this year. Their last loss at home was to the Final Four FAU team uh, last March. Um, and just a couple other notes, and um, we'll talk more about the team. And then I got two players to kind of to spotlight. Um, they have lost four straight Division One games all on the road, but those losses were to by four three, six in overtime and one point all against top two, 200 teams. That, that kind of stuff makes me nervous. Like a team that's like due to have a good game. Hopefully it's tonight against middle Tennessee. They get it all out of their, their system. We have some Liberty's due to, yeah, the <laughs> two dude teams, uh, best wins. Stephen F. Austin's one twenty. Um, Louisiana one fifty nine. Um, they played really well early in the year against uh, Colorado state on the road. They led at halftime in that game. Um, and their best player, Isaiah Croft, talked about him in a second, was, was in foul trouble that whole game, and Daniel Baccio was not yet eligible. Um, but really, really good defensive team. They're especially really good. Fifth in the country in two-point defense. Not as good at three-point defense, so uh, maybe a night that, that could be good for Liberty. Really good rebounding team. Elite get into the foul line. They're kind of an average three-point shooting team. Um, they do really struggle offensively inside the arc and at the free-throw line. Overall, a smaller team, but the 6'11", Daniel Bacho kind of makes up for it. So, 
just kind of, John, any thoughts on Louisiana Tech? Don't get to Crawford and Botcher because I got separate slides for them, but any kind of thoughts on this this program that uh, Liberty be up against? Well, the first thought on, on the game is it is Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock, so that's you know unique for Liberty, especially in the last – several years maybe ever uh and also on espn too which will be fun so uh you know take a break from some nfl football sunday afternoon and, and flip on over to, to espn too and see if the flames can get a, a win on the road a team that hasn't lost at home yet so uh you know one thing about louisiana tech and it, it kind of is a reoccurring theme against uh, with most of these conference usa teams is uh, they've been top 175 seven, 11 straight years. Like, uh, it's a solid program. They're they're uh, expecting to win. They're they're they have a storied program. Uh, you know, a winning program or winning culture. Coach Hester is one of the uh, young up and coming uh, coaches in, in mid major basketball. Uh, I remember that 2014 team with Mike White leading Louisiana Tech. They should have gotten an at large bid that year uh, to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they were upset in, in the CUSA conference tournament, but they had a great season that year, and, and they've been a solid team, you know, every year. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be a tough, you know, they're they're going to be needing a win, uh, regardless of what happens. You know, they might knock off, uh, you know, pick up the win tonight. Um, who they got tonight again? Middle Tennessee, right? Uh, on the road, they might pick. Yeah, on the road, so they might pick up that win t- tonight. It won't be easy because Middle needs a win as well too. But uh, they're going to just like I, I was saying earlier. Everybody wants to win at home. Uh, that's what you got to do in Conference USA play, and Louisiana Tech's going to have this one circled, and and uh, it should be a good test for for both teams to kind of see where they're at. And like you said, Nick, we thought this was going to be the two, you know, I don't know if we want to call them premier teams uh, as we were coming out of non-conference play. They're they're at seeing you know a little bit above the rest, but uh, it should be a good test for both of them. And and like I said, you know. Uh, it, it, we're the underdogs. I think it's the one game, even after these two losses, Ken Palm has us favored to lose the rest of the way in the regular season. So, um, it, it'll be a tough test for us. Yeah. On, on your point there, um, John, and that was really interesting about how, you know, you see all these teams and, and we've talked about multiple teams back to back weeks that have been ranked really high for a long period of time. It's a lot different than the ASIM where like you had like a mm-hmm. Lipscomb that has like one really, really good year where they're like in the top 50. But then they fall back to like in the 200s. Like there's definitely a, a much different uh, level of consistency. I do think Liberty and Louisiana Tech, especially kind of the more research I've done on Louisiana Tech, I do think these are two, still the two best teams in the conference. I think it's a little bit of fool's gold here early in the season. But uh, but but will this kind of feels like a game where the winner of this game is going to have a really a lot of momentum going for the rest. Like this is like almost like a, okay, a reset, right? Do you feel like whoever wins this game is going to be, you know, maybe not have the upper hand the rest of the year, but they're going to really be feeling good at the end of this one. Yeah. We talk about confidence and, you know, wonder if Liberty's not playing with a lot of confidence right now. <clears throat> you know, I think, you know, we thought, you know, shake Western Kentucky off kind of thought they would go into Jacksonville state a little bit fired up, ready to eat you know, um, uh, get something back there and it didn't happen. So, you know, it happened. If it happens here, you feel like it kind of sets you up for the rest of the games in the conference uh, season. And, and, you know, it would be just like, you know, coach McKay, uh, right. When everybody starts doubting him and and counting his team out, you know, we're going to come out and and shoot 40% from three and win by 15. I mean, it, it wouldn't be a shock at all. Uh, you know, and I certainly hope that thing to do, I certainly hope that happens, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens Sunday. 
the Chiefs had some crazy bounce back performances. Like I remember last year, they had that really ugly game at Oral Roberts, all the turnovers. We were going to that Hall of Fame game against Bryant, and we're like, yeah, this Bryant team's pretty good. And they just blow the brakes off Bryant. And um, they, they've done that, they have done that a lot. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, look, there's there's definitely something in college basketball about how you, you don't want to peak early. You know, I think the most recent example was that that 2021-2022 team that was dominant, started like, what, 9-1 and one in the A-Sun, and then uh, lost, like, uh, went 3-3 three and three of their last three games, kind of limped to the finish, and got upset by Bellarmine. So, look, hey, it's all about playing your best basketball in March. Um, but a couple players to watch. Uh, they have two really, really good players. First was Isaiah Crawford, a 6'6 junior forward, um, averaging almost 15 a game, six rebounds. He's the preseason player of the year. Um, he has 13 career 20-plus point games. He literally could do it all. He could score inside, score outside, block shots, passes really well, gets to the free throw line, and gets steals. Um, he had 24 and a loss at uh, New Mexico. That's a pretty good team on the road uh, back in November. This, this set here is really impressive. He scored 45 points in the two meetings against FAU late in the season, the Final Four FAU team last year. He has a really cool story as well. He overcame two season-ending knee injuries, um, and he's got a 7-1 wingspan and 8-8 standing reach. So he's a, a incredible player. Will, who do you think guards a 6-6 forward? Uh, I mean, Van Zant obviously is one of our better defenders. You got to put somebody a little bit bigger on him. You know, you wonder if Kyle or Cleveland gets him or, you know, put Sutherland in a little bit and see what happens there. But, I mean, this is the type of guy that is giving Liberty problems right now. Well, I think the next guy we're talking about is going to give Liberty maybe even Come more on. problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll speak here real quick um, before we jump to, to Bacho. But um, maybe, you never know, we haven't – we've had the same starting lineup all season. Maybe this is the time that, that you throw Shiloh in there, give Shiloh the matchup against Crawford and, you know, try to try to throw LaTeX off early and get, get a good start on, on defense, get Crawford slow. I think you'll see uh, – get him off to a slow start. I think you'll see probably Vin Zank get the bulk of the minutes against him, but mm-hmm. uh, you'll, you'll probably see Shiloh get some too. And, uh, you know, maybe something Coach McKay tries to do to, to get a spurt for his team early. Yeah, the, the one positive is the, the rest of their team outside of their their 6'6 forward and uh, uh, Bacho is is their, their point guard 6'1, shooting guard 6'2. Guys off the bench are like six three, so they, they're not a a very big team outside of those guys. But yeah, Crawford is a matchup nightmare, and Daniel Bacho, the the transfer from Texas Tech, six eleven junior. They call him a forward, but he's like not a forward. He's like the the most traditional big guy you could you could see. Fourteen point four points. He's averaging a double double, ten rebounds, averaging over two blocks. Um, this guy is a, a, a monster. Um, he'll have some like big, like uh, LeBron James style, just like power blocks. Uh, but he said, so he had some big games last year with Texas Tech. He had some injuries, but 26 against Ohio State, 17 against Creighton, 15 against Georgetown. So he's a big time player. I know when, um, when we, when Liberty lost that game at FAU and uh, the, their big guy, Golden, uh, <laughs> struggled so much with them. I was just like, oh man, like I was just thinking, Bacho, Bacho, Bacho the whole time. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, we can't offset that size this year. I mean, you just can't do it. So you try to to offset it with, you know, play to your strengths. You know, uh, we saw it some last night. Again, it didn't work. Uh, but against Jack State, Jack State has uh, a big guy. I forget. I think he's a young guy, either a freshman or a second-year player that came in off the bench. And and uh, he's going to be really good. Uh, the guy they have for Jack State, I can't, can't recall his name off the top of my head. Purdue? But, yeah. Yeah, Purdue. So they had Kyle Road. That he was going up against Kyle Road on either end of the floor, and and uh, you know he was you know kind of giving it to Kyle a little bit early, uh, but then Kyle would get the ball and sprint to the other end of the floor in the corner and try to get an open shot. And and after about three or four times up and down the court, you know Purdue was just huffing and puffing. They had to take him out of the game. So uh, again, I'm not saying Bacho is a, you know the same type of player that he's more experienced. He's a veteran. He's been around. So He's probably can, can you know has seen that type of thing, but uh, that, that's something Liberty just got to do. You got to play to your strengths, and and uh, that's that's your matchups. Uh, you know d- disadvantages you can have sometimes that you can create. You know you might have it on on that end where, where you can't slow a guy like that down, but uh, hopefully you can take advantage of it on the other end. And and uh, we've seen some of that. Cleveland has been able to attack some of these guys before, and. And uh, get some switches off on on to some of the smaller guards, and maybe he'll have some success uh, on that uh, Sunday. Well, you know, they're not a great three point shooting team. They're not a really good defensive three point uh, team. So, look, as as much of a nightmare matchup as these guys are, you can just kind of slow them down. <laughs> Threes beat twos, and and we've seen Liberty kind of be able to just out out shoot teams at times, but. Will, you got any other final thoughts for us here, pal? It just seems like every time we play a team that are, is not a good three-point shooting team, like that, <laughs> yeah. when they shoot, you know, 60%, you know, and you're like, well, why is this happening right now? <laughs> it's true. It's true. John, uh, any final thoughts? I'll pull, pull the schedule back up one last time here before we, we wrap this one up. Yeah, you, you hope the team, you know, win or lose. Obviously, you want to win the game, but win or lose, you hope they can find some, their legs again, you know, get some confidence uh, back for them, especially on the offensive end of the floor, you know, shooting the ball and, and shoot better than, you know, 23%, 27%, um, because those next two games at home, are crucial. It doesn't matter if you you go into it zero and three or one and two. They're crucial, especially yeah. against FIU. FIU, uh, again, it's January. You hate to call a game a must win, but I mean it's pretty close to a must win. Just from confidence perspective, uh, you, you got to start playing well, uh, feeling better, and start figuring some stuff out. So uh, you know, try to figure some things out Sunday. Hopefully, get a win. But then uh, you know that Thursday Saturday turnaround at home. Uh, is crucial because I mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, look after that. I mean, it doesn't get any easier. You got three straight on the way on the road, and again, Jacksonville State again, and then that that trip to New Mexico State and UTEP, which which is going to be difficult. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, got to figure some stuff out now, and and uh, you know, try try to get those those wins next week at, at home. Yeah, my uh, my my final thought is, hey, look, this is still the the number one team in the conference in Ken Palm. Uh, this isn't pre preseason data is gone. This is it's that's out. This is this year. They're still the, the best team. Um, if you don't like Ken Palm, I mean, you know what Vegas uses the Ken Palm data to make lines. So if they didn't believe in it, they'd be losing a ton of money. So clearly it has some value. Uh, but uh, I think this team's going to respond. I, I don't know if we'll win on Sunday, 
But I, I do expect a much more competitive, uh, more well-rounded game. Uh, and, and I think, like you said, John, you, they got to take care of uh, they got to take care of home court probably the rest of the way, or at least win most of those games. Um, and, and and you know, hopefully you you build some momentum, and uh, you know you get to the end of 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 uh, end of March and you're playing your best basketball. And last night was a weird night for all of college basketball because you had like the like four of the top five teams lose right um but you know i feel like coach mckay has been doing this long enough and he is smart enough to look at it and assess it and see where he needs to go the rest of the way and say okay hey we got to fix some things got to make some adjustments like he knows that you know so um I just feel like they'll they'll figure it out. You know, I don't think this is the time to to be an all all out panic. No, I I agree with that. And and one point I, I would like to make is uh, the last five years, our conference records: thirteen and three, twelve and four, eleven and two, fifteen and three, fourteen and two. So we're not used to losing. We're used to winning a lot of games, a lot of games in conference play. But again, we're not in the A Sun anymore. You know, we're not expecting to go 13 and three, certainly after no two starts. So uh, every night's going to be a battle. And, um, you know, again, I, I think it's a long way to go left in this season. I think we'll figure some things out. Um, I don't think we're going to end up four and 12 in Conference USA play or, or anything like that, if anybody's thinking that. Um, but again, we're not going to go 14 and two or 13 and three. This league is much better. You could lose any night, you could win any night. So, you know, just take it. It's a long season. You know, um, we're, we're in, in a struggle right now. We're in a slump right now. Uh, but that happens in baseball, right, Nick? I mean, you go in, in, uh, in cold spells and, and uh, you know, hopefully you can shoot yourself out of it. You know, Darius McGee had cold spells, uh, but he never told him, stop shooting. Keep shooting, Darius. And uh, he would shoot himself out of the, that cold slump. And, and uh, typically, uh, you know, we'd, we'd turn out the right way. So, uh, we, this program has seen a ton of success. You know, these two losses, these last three losses, however you want to categorize them, or it's not something we're used to. But um, what I'm telling myself and what, what I would implore those of you listening, don't give up on this team yet. They have the talent. They have the potential to, to, to win this league and uh, stay in it. And, you know, I'm sure that's what Coach McKay is telling his guys. And, and uh, we'll, you know, it's January. We'll see what happens in March. Nick, let me ask you a question. Um, <clears throat> you know, say we lose half of our Conference USA games, but go on and win the tournament. I mean, are we talking difference between like a 12 seed and a 15 seed? I don't think we can fall down to a 15 seed. I just think our computer numbers are going to be good enough that even if that happened, we've already built up so much equity at this point. Um, I'd be surprised if, if there's really any. I mean, we'd have to like not only lose games, but get blown out a bunch and play really awful. I, I I think it's probably between a 12 and a 14. Honestly, it might be between a 13 and 14. There really may not be all that much wiggle room one way or the other at this point. Uh, it's a good, it's a good question, Will, but I don't care. You know, if we're in the tournament, oh, yeah. I'll take you just a 15, get there. Yeah. 15 or 16 seed. But I mean, it's a, it's a good question and a good point, but yeah. um, you know, it, it's so hard. And, and I, I, you know, again, not to belabor the point, but, uh, I, I'm to blame for this too, but we won those three straight conference tournaments in the A Sun. 
I took them for granted. You know, you just expect it to do it. And and here we are. It's been, what, three years since we've been back. And and uh, now you're in Conference USA, and it's not so easy anymore. So uh, you, you have to appreciate the winning when you got it. And, and uh, man, you hope to, to peak at the right time. And, and uh, if anybody can figure it out, Coach McKay can figure it out. Uh, and and I, I have trust and confidence in these guys to, to figure out. These guys are not 23% three-point shooters. You know, they'll figure it out. They'll make shots. We're going to win some games. Uh, we'll lose some more games along the way, but it's going to be fun. It, the Conference USA is a lot of fun. It, we might not feel it right now at 0-2, but it's a lot of fun. We get to play on ESPN2 on Sunday afternoon against a top, you know, 100 team. Like, that's fun. Like, enjoy it. Hopefully, we we have more wins and losses, and we can enjoy it more than not. But uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Enjoy the, Enjoy the ride. Yeah, and let me say, like, <laughs> I would much rather be playing a tough CUSA than an easy A-Sun. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the move, we saw how the move worked out for football. It's a much more difficult basketball conference than it is football conference. But, you know, now when I come to church on a Sunday morning, I've got people saying, hey, I saw Liberty on TV last night. You know, before they weren't finding Liberty on ESPN+, Plus, but, I mean, you see people now like, hey, Liberty's on TV, let's stop, let's check out the game a little bit. So just, you know, some of that, things like that is the advantage of playing in Conference USA over the A-Sun. Also in uh, the A-Sun, any loss, it was just like, you felt like you got a gut punch, you know? Yeah. It's like, how did we yeah. just lose to Stetson? You remember that game 45 to 42 uh, with Caleb Holmesley, Darius McGee, Scotty James, Darius uh, – Georgie Pacheco Ortiz. I mean, you can go on and on. We lost 45 to two at Stetson. And uh, I'm just sitting here thinking, man, what just happened? But then the team goes and wins like 10 straight and, and we're cutting down nets again. So, uh, you know, you have off nights, you have cold slumps. It happens. Uh, you know, well, Coach McHale will figure it out. I, I have complete trust in him. Yeah, I yeah. think the 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 last two A-Sun titles that, that Liberty won – that the, the second Lipscomb team and then North Alabama, like they would legitimately be the worst team in this league. Like, I don't, I don't think that's, that's hyperbole. Like they would be the worst team in this league. So it's a different level. You're going to lose some games, but uh, you know, it's growth. And um, I think it'll also at the end of the year, I, I don't want to like overreact too much because I, I'm a big believer of you're never, you're never at your best when you're playing your best, when you're looking your best like that, that tournament, you're never at your worst when you're playing your worst. You're always somewhere in the middle, but you know, I think this also will give coach McKay a little bit of better of idea of how, if he needs to maybe change up some of his philosophies on being a little bit more aggressive in the portal needs to be aggressive, getting more athletes as opposed to just, you know, shooters and stuff like that. I, I think it'll give a little bit better of idea, but I'm not going to bail on the system because of two conference USA losses because again, you know, you, you get hot and you win five in a row, and everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, you know, hey, this this works." You know, it 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 comes and goes. Yeah, and I I don't know how much I should say, but I do think Coach McKay is college athletics as a whole has changed a lot the last few years with the transfer portal with NIL, and some coaches were quick adapters of that. Others weren't. They were a little bit slower to, to you know, adjust. And, and we've seen how that's happened. I think Coach McKay has learned a lot just in talking to him off the record 
over the past you know several months. I think he's learned a lot. I think you'll see a different approach in recruiting philosophy and transfer portal philosophy moving forward. Uh, but again, I mean, you can't do anything about that this season. You, you've got what you got, and I, I think what we have is is pretty good and, and and has a chance to 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 win a lot of games and even win the league. But I do think you know to to get to your point, Nick, what you were talking about. I do think Coach McKay and his staff will have a different approach come you know this coming off season. It is also important to remember that we have two players that are redshirting this year. Uh, and Curtis Blair, Blair. that well, yeah, well, the two that really kind of stand out just in terms of like Blair, sure, Blair's six six, so he's like the Isaiah Crawford potential yeah. matchup nightmare, and obviously Caillou seven feet tall. So they're gonna, I don't know how quickly they're gonna be up to speed, but they're not gonna be incoming freshmen, they're gonna be players that have been in the system for a year, and they do fit a little bit more of the Conference USA mold. Mm-hmm. Than some of the current roster right now, even Jalen Davis, who's you know six five, six four, six five. So you know it's funny looking at them the other night, uh, last night uh, over there in their warm or not even in their warmups in their sweats, and you're like, we could probably use these guys out here on the floor. <laughs> but uh, again, you know I trust Coach McKay, and and those guys probably will. They're certainly be better as fifth year players than, than they will first year <clears> players. But sometimes it's like. Maybe we should pull that red shirt, get these guys out there now. It's like like baseball holding on to a holding on to a prospect, you know, like hey, he's gonna be really good in a couple of years. <laughs> I, it, it probably will. It, it, you are right in the fact that you know if you're looking at it as a whole, and it's good that Coach McKay's looking at this as a whole, and we don't have a coach that says, "Yeah, screw the red shirt," because I'm gonna be gone in three years, right? We have yeah. a coach that 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 values the long-term impact of these guys. So, yeah, like you said, that fifth year is going to be a much better player than whatever you're going to get this year. So in terms of the the history of the program, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it has a good long-term effect. Yeah, there, and there's a comment here too, Kirby, from Steven about Richie recruiting the past several years. But for the past several years, he has not been recruiting to the Conference USA. He's been recruiting to the A-Sun. And we saw how dominant they were in the A-Sun. And so – to your point, like, hey, if, if these guys that are redshirting this year come in next year and are cutting down nets, then possibly it was worth, you know, a, a season of figuring it out to cut down some nets next year. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up here today for this. has been a fun conversation. John, appreciate you hopping on with us, us knuckleheads. Uh, hey, hey! Yeah. I, I didn't say it at the beginning, but uh, Nick and Will appreciate you guys, and and uh, for you guys uh, hosting this podcast and holding down the fort for us uh, while I navigated my way through the football season. It was a lot of fun, uh, but it's also fun to to kind of focus on on basketball now and and look forward to to being with you guys each and every week the the rest of the way. So I uh, appreciate what you guys have done for for uh, Liberty basketball and to see red as well. Does it feel like football season was forever ago now? No, it doesn't. It's still going. <laughs> we got Hey, for those, I, I, I know Steven, Turtle Power, my guy, uh, we yeah. got a big recruiting weekend. I'm working on a recruiting list for you, Turtle. I know you love those. And we got some, some nice recruits coming in this weekend. But uh, in the meantime, back to basketball. <laughs> Football season never ends. All right. It never ends. For John Manson, for Will Matthews, shout out Ironclad Coffee. Shout out Jason Porter Real Estate. Shout out the entire city of Leesburg. I'm Nick Kirby. Thanks for joining us for this year podcast. We'll see you again soon.